You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I'm Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are here today to cover Neighbors from Outer Space. Or Pride and Prejudice. It is just as long. This book felt like the longest book I've ever read. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. It just never felt like it was going to end. (laughs) Well, in our defense, we have been covering books meant for literal seven-year-olds. So, you know, this one was a leap, a jump. I really enjoyed it. When we were talking about covering books, this was a book that stood out to me as like, oh, we have to cover. I couldn't even remember the name. I was like, I just remember Mr. Clean and there was an alien and it was chaotic. And Mm -hmm. luckily, one of our cuties speaks fluent Chelsea and was like, I know the book you're speaking of. Somebody has to, because I don't know how they picked it up with what you were saying. Before we get into this book... How you doing there, big guy? How you holding up? (laughs) For the cuties listening, Donnie has had quite a week. Number one, he visited me and my daughters ran him fucking ragged. He was exhausted by hour five with my children. And then Donnie is recording hungover after his basically public (laughs) masturbation to the Jonas Brothers last night. And I will say a little tidbit about the cuties. They're fake as hell. They came in your DMs talking shit about me. And then, because you and I don't keep secrets, I know what cuties went into your DMs to talk shit about me. And those same ones came in to tell me (laughs) in my DMs that the Jonas Brothers' faces were made for them to ride on. So, like, the cuties agree with me, but they have fun acting like I'm a deviant on the street. I love that about our cuties. I love that they are going to pit us against each other. Well, I guess we should jump into this book. Sure. This book, Neighbors from Outer Space, came out in 1996. Independence Day, Twister, and Mission Impossible were the top movies of the year. Mm. Democratic incumbent Bill Clinton defeated Republican challenger Bob Dole to win his second term, and this election had the lowest voter turnout since 1924. Oh, wow. Tiger Woods, this was a big year. Tiger Woods made his professional PGA Tour debut, and Tupac died. Or Or did did he? he? And then if all of that wasn't enough to paint a picture of 1996, the top song of the year was, wait for it, the Macarena. Oh, I'm familiar. And that's where we get that amazing video of Hillary Clinton with her little bob and bangs and her little pantsuit celebrating the win of her husband, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, hey, Macarena, I love that. Since I just talked about visiting you, this all goes together. Before I visited you, I was in D.C. for 24 hours, living my best single life, Man About Town. I wanted to see the TV and movie exhibit at the Museum (laughs) of American History. Instead, I went to the Museum of Natural History and walked around the entire museum before I realized, oh, the reason I'm learning about koalas and kangaroos and African apartheid is because I'm not in the American Museum. So then to see the exhibit I wanted to see, I went to another museum. But then, like, I was already museumed out. I'm not going to walk through two museums in one day are you nuts so i just went straight to the tv and movie exhibit but Mm -hmm. on the way there was a first lady exhibit and i was like okay this i'll check out so i went in and it was all their inauguration dresses and then also all of their china because each first lady gets to pick a new set of china for like when they have dinner parties and stuff and it was so funny because It was like, Michelle picked this because it has ties to Hawaii, where Barack is from, and like, Barbara Bush picked this because these colors match, da-da-da-da-da, and then Hillary's was like, Hillary picked this because it went good with the tablecloth, and (laughs) it would match pretty much anything. I was like, she did not give a fuck. You know, she was like, god damn it, I should be president. Why am I having to do this stupid gender-rolled bullshit? Uh I can't wait for the first man, or the first, what are they going to call him, first gentleman, Uh to have to pick out a set of China. I think I would thrive as a first lady. I think you would be really good. You would be kissing babies. You'd be waving. Yeah, I would wear a pantsuit with no undershirt. Oh, yeah. love it. If Lauren Boebert can get fingered at Beetlejuice, I can show some man cleavage, <laughs> for God's sake. Oh, silly Billy. Okay, circling back to this book. So do you have any background info or trivia for us today? Yeah, this book was written by Frances Lance, who, after her first book, went on to be a surfer, but then also wrote other books. 
And one of those books was Stepsister from Planet Weird. You read it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. It was a show, right? Yeah, she wrote it in 1996 as well. So both of her alien books came out in 1996. And then it was turned into a Disney Channel movie in the year 2000. Yeah, I definitely saw the movie. I think I read the book. But this was very much my niche area Mm. of like aliens, magic. This also went into that show So Weird. That Uh was like my very favorite show. Mm. So this was like very much my vibe that's your lesbian half okay (laughs) and we're we're recording this during bisexual awareness week i know visibility here this is a ratio no it's not it's very visible that you liking that show is your lesbian (laughs) is that all your trivia yeah there was literally nothing about the book (laughs) on the internet i had to research the author instead okay so i don't know what the deal with this book is it is no longer being printed. So both you and I got our copies from Amazon. Mine was very used. (laughs) I got so excited when I ordered it. Again, I didn't remember the plot. I remembered this book was chaotic. And then I read this as the top review on Amazon. My mom used to read this book to me before bed, one chapter at a time. And I consequently had a recurring nightmare about an alien book fair where they greeted us hello by biting our fingernails off for like six years. I don't think that actually happens in the book though. Anyway, I ran I randomly thought of this book one day during quarantine, so I had to buy it. Despite waking up in the middle of the night as a kid countless times in a full-on cold sweat panic because of the nightmares... The book is pretty fire. Would recommend. Also, how great were book fairs, dude? Non-alien ones, I mean. I miss them. (laughs) One person found this helpful. Oh, I wonder if it was just their mom. Also, spoiler (laughs) alert, there is no biting off of fingernails, but he had a recurring dream for six years about that. (laughs) Probably because the mom read one chapter a night, and that's how long it took to finish the book. Six Six years. years. Yeah. And I did look it up while you were reading that. This was published by Rainbow Bridge Publishing. I've never heard of that company in my entire existence. Isn't the Rainbow Bridge for dogs? What? <laughs> we were going in two different directions there, Donnie. Isn't the oh, Rainbow Bridge where dogs pets die? go across the Rainbow Bridge and there's that beautiful poem that's like they're waiting for you and they've been Do dead. you know the story of the man and the donkey and the sun taking a walk? I don't think so, based on that description. It's a fable about a donkey and a man and a son, and they're taking a walk, the three of them. I tell this to Quinn all the time when I want to get my way. Oh, no. Let me (laughs) sit back for this one. So it's the three people walking down the street, and then all the townspeople are like, you idiots, you have a donkey and neither one of you's riding him. So then the dad gets on the donkey and he's riding as the son is next to it. And then all the townspeople are like, how dare you? You have this young son and you're making him walk. So then they switch and then the townspeople say the opposite. You have this old father and you're making him walk. So then both people get on the donkey and then like PETA comes and they're like, how dare you get on this donkey and hurt his bones? So then... The moral of the story is just do what you want because someone's always going to have something to say. <laughs> okay, I like that story. I think that that story is actually just describing Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but uh-huh. I am curious how you use this in an argument. What are the types of things that I could be doing that would lead you to be like, this is just like the old man and the donkey? Is it when you're getting criticized? Yeah, when you have too many opinions. I say, oh, you're just like those oh. townspeople. Just let me get on my donkey and shut up. I also love, I'm not going to tell you the full story here. I also love to throw the little red hen at Quinn. You don't know the little red hen? Is that the sky is falling? No, that's Chicken Little. Little Red Hen. Okay, I said I was I'm not going to tell the full story. <laughs> Ten seconds later. Okay. It's so good. It's my favorite favorite. Thank you for tuning in to our book recap. <laughs> no, Little Red Hen is so good that I even have a puppet of a Little Red Hen that I bring out sometimes when Quinn makes me. <laughs> Present day? Yeah. I bought it for when I hosted Big Brother with my friends. I bought it for a competition. So I could say like, welcome to the veto competition. But now I just have this little red hen puppet I never threw out. So I use it to make a point. You've introduced prop work to your arguments. Uh-huh. Cool. That's really a normal thing for any human person to do. So what is this fucking story? So it is the little red hen wants to make bread. 
And she asks her friends, will you help me plant the wheat? Will you help me pick the wheat? Will you help me do this, 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 and this? And like the dog, cat, and whatever the other fucking animal, a rat, they're all like, no, we won't. No, we won't. And then when she finally has the bread, she's like, who will help me eat it? And they all say, we will. And then she's like, no, you won't. I did all this by myself. And now I'll be eating by myself, too. So when Quinn doesn't help me around the house, I say, well, now you don't get to come to my pizza party. Well, you don't (laughs) say that. You bring out your puppet who says, well, now you can't come to my pizza party. (laughs) Oh, my God. You have said a lot of things that have made me team Quinn over the years. But that one really, whoo. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. We are now 20 minutes into our full unedited Mm -hmm. recording of this episode, so certainly we should get to the plot, but I would like to share my favorite fable, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, please. I believe my parents made this one up. I didn't like to eat as a kid. I always had the thing of like, okay, you have to finish your beans or you have to wait Mm. until the big hand's here and the little hand's here. So I would choose to just sit at this table rather than (laughs) eat. I mean, I've talked about my mom's dry-ass chicken. Again, my mom tunes in every week. Love you, mom, but you know I'm not telling tales about that chicken. So whenever I would be eating, my parents would tell me the story of Yabetta. Have you ever heard of Yabetta? No. First name Yabetta, last name Eat. Yabetta Eat. That is not a real story. Every day, her mom would say, Yabetta, Yabetta Eat. Yabetta, Yabetta Eat. And she never ate. And her mom finally one day said, Yabetta, Yabetta Eat or you're going to turn into a mouse. But she never listened to her mom and dad. And so one day, she turned into a mouse. (laughs) And that was the end of the story. They... Made that up, and they're not even that creative. I know. There wasn't a part two. (laughs) There wasn't a lesson learned. Yubetta was like the child in The Witches. She just lived the rest of her life as that mouse. (laughs) Anywho, we're going to get a one-star review that's like, Yubetta, (laughs) shut the fuck up and start recording about what you said you're going to record about. That's her cousin. (laughs) So what character of this book, which, to remind you, Neighbors from Outer Space, Oh my god, I just said it like you better. <laughs> Neighbors from out of space. What character, if any, do you identify as? I think I am a barbarian because <laughs> I just sit in front of the TV and boss people around and eat junk food. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I am Russell, not to be a main character, but I do have revelations every once in a while of like, wow, that was like a really long time I just spent watching Big Brother. (laughs) Oh, wow. I shouldn't have spent 18 hours on Instagram today. Mm. And I have that realization and it doesn't really change anything about what I do. I'm just self-aware about it. Yeah. And I think you don't have to apologize for main character energy because this is the main character, but I don't think he has main character energy. He's a nosy little bitch. So if that's who you want to identify as, feel free. No one's going to stop you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be dragging him for the next 40 (laughs) minutes, but I didn't find any of these characters particularly relatable. So if I had to pick Or fleshed out. Like, Russell's the only one with any kind of personality. Right. And maybe I am one of the aliens, too, because you know I love to quote things from TV. And that's all they do. Literally. Literally. (laughs) First, before we talk more about that, the one minute synopsis. So on the back of the book, it says, Russell can't believe how much TV his new neighbors watch. Then he discovers that this seemingly ordinary family is actually from the planet X-10 and they're in terrible danger. A group of TV-hogging barbarians is trying to take over their home planet. Russell agrees to help his alien neighbors and save X-10. He even figures out how to enlist the aid of his favorite TV heroes. But when everything goes wrong, only Russell can stop the invasion in this wacky, out-of-this-world adventure. I just had... A question that I didn't have reading the book, and I probably could put it in the outline and talk about it when we get there, but if he's pulling characters out of the TV, I know that the alien family want to pull out, like, advertisement mascots. Why wouldn't he do, like, Wonder Woman and stuff? MacGyver? (laughs) Yeah. Something. This would not be the lineup I creative but we'll get there i guess i guess yeah so this book we open by meeting russell a boy with one friend who spends all of his time watching commercials our very own mike tv except this tale does not end in a chocolate factory no even scarier than mr (laughs) chalamet cosplaying wonka we spend the next 176 pages with the world's 
corniest boy from the world's corniest family. And I want to read a little quote right off the bat from chapter Mm -hmm. one, where he says, sure, mom and dad worry once in a while that I don't spend enough time out in fresh air, but the truth is my entire family lives for television, or to be more precise, television commercials. Like, shut up. My God. (laughs) What nerds. Weirdos. Boo. Truly. And workaholic corny people. Because the dad makes commercials, and the mom is a commercial actress. So why Why would they, in their free time then, want to come home and be obsessed with commercials? Whatever job I have is a thing I refuse to do around the house. When I worked at Bubba Gump, I refused to make dinner because I was like, I'm with food all day. When I worked at Gap, I refused to put laundry away because I was like, I fold laundry all day. So now, I mean, I don't know what the equivalent of (laughs) this podcast is because I'm certainly not refusing to talk around the house. I usually have that work-life balance, but when it comes to the podcast, I think I told this story on one of our Instagram lives, but recently I had a dream where I was mistakenly (laughs) cast on Big Brother instead of you. And in my dream, I do want to say I was loyal to Donnie. I was like, oh my God, they've made a mistake. It's not supposed to be me. It's supposed to be him. But in my dream, very realistic, gave up my phone, did the whole thing. And during the first live shout out, I said... Donnie and Kendrick are recapping this season. Patreon.com slash I am the cute one. And I woke up both horrified and impressed with myself that even in my dreams, I can manage to plug our Patreon. I'm really proud of you. It is a skill. Thank you. But this family, they are workaholics and their whole life centers around commercials. And then it's like you as parents set the culture of your family unit and they're like mad that they've created this like weird TV boy. Right. I don't know what they expect. Yeah. Did you have any favorite commercials as a kid or like were there commercials that stand out to you as like, oh my God, remember that commercial? I remember all of the like Christmas ones, like the Hess truck and the bells. Uh All those. But then I also really enjoyed those burglar dogs for what cereal was that cookie crisp the burglar i have no idea what you're talking about yeah like the mascot it's some cereal and the mascot is a cop <laughs> but then his job in the commercial was to catch these two burglar dogs oh and they go cookie crisp yeah so it was for cookie crisp then <laughs> i think if that's what they were howling it was clearly for cookie <laughs> oh no crisp. i remember somebody howling cookie crisp but yeah. it could have been a oh, werewolf a like i don't know But I do remember Kooky Crisp, so good marketing there. I also love the board game Trouble, Mm. where the kids say, it's fun getting into trouble. Oh. You know that song? Um, No. I'm going to teach your girls that song, because I feel like they could sing it thrice a day. Well, after your visit, they do know all of the words to Fergalicious. I knew my job there was done when the Barbie I bought them your one daughter named it for delicious. <laughs> I said, okay, good. I can leave. Yeah, my mark here has been made. <laughs> my youngest daughter did ask this week, genuinely confused. She said, is Donnie taking me to school today? And I said, no, baby, Donnie doesn't live here. <laughs> and she looked at me like, you monster. What have you done with Donnie? <laughs> well, sometimes I want to know what you've done with me as well. That's true. So I'm on her side. Speaking of jingles, I think this is a regional mm. thing to Maryland, but BGE <laughs> has cornered the market on like catchy songs. What is that? It's an electric company, like it's our local electricity. Oh, okay. And it wasn't a commercial for BGE, but it was like a PSA for kids of like if you see a live wire, don't touch it. And so it goes oh, God. BGE knows what is best. Call on us, it's our request. Get some help. Better rush and do not, do not, do not touch. Okay, that is catchy. I think it accomplishes its job. Like, I still, however many years later, remember, I shouldn't be touching a live wire. I should be calling BGE. They know what's best. Yeah. Who sang it? Like, in the commercial? Um, Did you just hear the voice? Because in my head, I picture, like, the dream girls singing that. Iconic, but So I want to know how problematic not. this commercial was. No, I think it was, like, a cartoon Like, I don't think you saw anybody singing. Mm. And then there was another, this wasn't from my childhood, but there was a Neutrogena commercial that took over my entire personality. Because you know how people wash their face in face commercials? Uh With Barbie hands? Fully splashing water all over (laughs) their face, their shirt, their 
walls. <laughs> so it's two roommates that are washing their face side by side. Both of them just tidal wave to the dome. And they're singing a song that's like, waking up to love and they're like hip bumping and I still and I am not a morning person and so whenever we have to like get up early for the airport or if like the girls have been terrorizing us all night or whatever I'll look at Dr. Bald and I'll say waking up to love I don't know just as like a way of being like fuck this morning waking up to love huh maybe I'll start saying it because the song I sing you get out little red hen (laughs) no that's only in a fight I learned this song in youth group because my youth group leader also taught preschool. So she would sing preschool songs to high school students. Mm-hmm. And it went like this. Wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get out of bed. See how the sun is shining. Get up and move those toes. <laughs> We're gonna have a lovely day. Hey! First you take a green oh, rhinoceros. Well, wait, this is the twist. M. Night Shyamalan. First you take a green rhinoceros and stand it on his head then you take a wait a second a green rhinoceros you must still be sleeping and then she starts singing it again from the beginning the beginning and it never ends like lamb chop well then we told her to shut up so (laughs) we don't know if it ever ends wow she would just come in our room at like whatever time we had to wake up 7 a.m and just sing that loudly so then like once we were awake enough to be like get out here then she knew we were away i used to terrorize my roommates in college for a variety of reasons but i was always the person that after we went out i would wake up at an ungodly hour still probably drunk just still like ready to go and i would wake people up and i would go into their room and i'd say rise and shine and give god the glory glory rise and shine and give god the glory glory rise and shine and give god the glory 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 to the lord I don't know how you know that song. I went to Catholic school. I know, but I don't picture you as that. <laughs> so so when you know things that I know about Jesus, I'm always shocked. I'm like, oh my God, the heathen <laughs> has infiltrated the system. Well, Jesus loves us all. We're all God's children, Donnie. That's correct. But you're adopted. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to point out, you have sung three songs this episode. And we are Three. one chapter into this recap, yes, so let's keep it moving. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. 
So in a surprise twist, Russell manages to peel his unblinking bloodshot eyes away from his television long enough to notice a moving truck. And there are signs that his new neighbors might be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. See what I did there? Commercial (laughs) pun. Mm -hmm. Including the fact that they own hundreds of televisions. They wear matching Royal Tenenbaum adjacent track suits, speak exclusively (laughs) in commercial jingles, have purple eyes and huge Michelle Tanner feet. And as Russell discovers when he peeps on them like a little weirdo, they are aliens. There's a lot of negative things I want to say about Russell. Weirdo is definitely one of the top three. Mm -hmm. But... I do have a problem with the aliens that they didn't change the way they looked and thought they could just blend in on Earth because he does make mention that they have blue skin. Mm -hmm. Like I can cover my eyes about a lot of things. Blue skin is where we need to think it through. Certainly they have a cover girl commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Like there could be some references of like, you know, powder that dead haze (laughs) you've got going on on that cheek. Right. Yeah. We could have had the mom fully in concealer. Yeah, like in Pleasantville, which once the strike's over, we will be covering. I love that we movie. We have to, yeah. Have you ever had any weird neighbors? Well, I told you about the one that wore the old man mask to scare me yeah. and hid by my trash can. And then he went to prison and his mom died. But that's not really weird, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but I'm at my parents' house today, so he is right next door. He still lives there? Yeah, he got out of prison. And now he doesn't have to share it with his mom. So he so he lives there alone. And someone's doing work on the roof. And when I was in the bathroom today, the man was just on the roof looking in the restroom. <laughs> Wait, the man doing work on the house? Yeah, or... was looking down into my bathroom window. But not your neighbor. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I thought your neighbor <laughs> climbed up on the roof with the man doing work on his house to and look looked in into my your bathroom. bathroom. Maybe. Wow. But then I came out and told my mom and grandma, it's like some pervert is on the roof. Don't take a shower today. This is the second <laughs> recording in a row because when we covered Boy Meets Boy, <laughs> you talked about a peeping Tom situation too. So I don't know if that means there's a lot of perverts in the world or just I'm naked too much. Maybe you're the weird neighbor. <laughs> so while Russell bonds with his new extraterrestrial friend, Minivan, over what else? His only fucking personality trait, commercials, the alien <laughs> parents, motor oil and ass quickly fill him in on their top secret underground mission, which seems counterintuitive, but spoiler alert, these aliens are sort of idiots. <laughs> but I did like their human names they gave themselves. I always thought Rosacea could be a really nice Ooh. girl's name. Turpentine would be a cute I one. I like that. I think any kind of medicine that's on TV would be good, like Lexapro, all those ones. Lexapro, beautiful. Isn't it? And because of what it is, you're going to be grossed out. But if you take the meaning away, diarrhea is pretty. It is pretty. Diarrhea Diarrhea Hadfield. Yeah. It's cute. That is cute. Little baby diarrhea. In the book, though, they have the cool first names because they pulled them from commercials. But then the last name, he says, for example, my last name is... Dot, dot, dot. And then it explains in the book, he pursed his lips and let out a noise that sounded like a loud sneeze with a burp at the end. I know it's a different alien language, but like, am I pronouncing it right? Like this. Like that. (laughs) I was expecting like. Oh, that's That's what their language is, though, because over and over again, it's just like, then they broke out into a series of burps and farts. (laughs) I would thrive on this. (laughs) planet well or you would like accidentally insult people oh, like you rip yeah. ass and they're like oh how dare you say but that? i do insult people greatly so i think that i would thrive even by accident i would just fart and they're like oh my god <laughs> how dare you call my mother that? so we learn the harrowing story of minivan motor oil and aspirin they are from an oceanless endless sandpit of a planet zara bibble 10 or x10 for short <laughs> their chief discovered earth commercials or flashies as they like to call them and basically the aliens went wild they learned English, they started cosplaying being human, and they even had remote controls surgically implanted into their (laughs) fingers. But life isn't all jingles and slogans, and soon their planet was taken over by barbarians from Praxbox 12, who have now stolen the Flashies and all their snack food and (laughs) have forced the X-10 aliens into slavery. So our aliens traveled to Earth to meet the only creature in the universe who stands a chance of beating the barbarians. The strongest, the bravest, the smartest, the coolest. Captain Spotless from the Spotless Cleaner commercial. Again, it's just Mr. Clean. Like, why would you think this is your source of hope? 
even if you didn't watch TV shows, like all you watch this man do is clean toilets. Right. What makes you think, oh, he can stop a war? Right. <laughs> and Russell tries to explain that. Right. And he tries to say like, hey, um, he's a cartoon. He's not real. This <laughs> yeah. earns him a truly chilling threat from Motor Oil, who says, may the sand of a thousand beaches clog uh-huh. your sinuses for all of eternity. And I love a specific uh-huh. threat-based insult like this one. You know that I identify as a witch and I love hexing people. I hex people mm-hmm. all day long. I love to wish my enemies soggy socks i hope that every picture frame they hang is just like slightly crooked no matter how many times they fix Uh -uh. it i like to really manifest like very specific annoying things to just happen to them huh and so it is have you done that to me ever no um i just wish for your overall downfall and demise not anything small (laughs) you know Okay, thank you. So the aliens explained that not only did their neighbors on planet X6 lend them the spaceship they took to Earth, but they also FedExed a floppy disk containing a quantum particle pattern recognition device that allows the atom particles that make up Captain Spotless to be sucked out of the TV and recreated in real life. And when faced with the prospect of meeting his hero, Captain Spotless, in real life, Russell basically jizzes in his pants, which luckily (laughs) Captain Spotless will be able to clean up. Oh, he will. So now that they have the technology, it's time to get down to business. But they start thinking about the logistics and they wonder if Captain Spotless, armed with his super-powered soap bubbles, will be enough to defeat the barbarians, which probably could have been a brainstorming session before they got to Earth, but I'm glad they got there Mm -hmm. eventually. So these nerds begin to debate the merit of each commercial character in the context of being (laughs) militia-style barbarian hunters and finally come up with their team of trained killers. So Captain Spotless, because... Duh, for whatever reason. Ladybug, an exterminator who uses her beauty to lure unsuspecting insects to her side before poisoning them to death. Chauncey, a dog who wears a studded silver collar and walks on his legs like a person. And the sticky elves, <laughs> Bo, Bill, Bert, and Binky, who are small, speedy, and terrorize people with tape. Mm. If you had to pick a commercial character, who would you pick oh, to fight a war? I would pick Tony the Tiger, so that if it looks like we're losing, we can still, you know, fuck. Do you think that when he comes, he says, you're great? I hope so. A little positive feedback. Also, I would bring that woman from that 90s. I think it was a Sears commercial where he was like, I'll call tomorrow. And she's like, you'll call now. You know, I think we need that kind of leadership Uh in our team. I would also cast Scruff McGruff. Mm. No, was he on commercials? He was the crime fighting dog? Yeah, maybe that was just at school. Maybe he wasn't. I don't think he was in a commercial. I think that was at school, but Smokey the Bear, maybe. Well, no, that's not the same vibe that I want on my team. You want a cartoon character <laughs> that has a Blue Lives Matter sticker on his truck. Well, he also like talks a lot. So I think he could be the distraction oh. while then me and that woman and Tony the Tiger do whatever. Have an we're orgy do. for bisexuality awareness week. <laughs> Okay. I think I would definitely bring that Folgers brother-sister combo to the Mm. fold. The Folgers commercial where the siblings definitely want to just fuck each other. Because I think that would confuse the enemy. The enemy would get distracted because they would be like, wait, he's home from college and or war. And oh, that's not his girlfriend. That's his sister. And they're drinking Folgers. What's happening here? (laughs) And then while they're going through the natural progression of watching that commercial, we can just zap them, you know? Yeah, that's great. I like that. You know what they say, never meet your heroes. And when they pull an Abby Cadabby and zippity zap their commercial comrades into their living room, it turns out they all kind of suck. Ladybug is a gum-chewing egomaniac. Chauncey the dog is not a good boy. Captain Spotless can't stop mm. waterboarding them with his bubbles. And the sticky elves are just straight up maniacs. <laughs> and then when the aliens realize how good Russell is at manipulating and gaslighting their new commercial compadres, they decide to take him into space too. I hate space. I hate... <laughs> okay. I hate movies about space. It's just... All the same thing. Like, all spaceships look the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's all metal and white and whatever. And then when you look out those windows in space movies, it's all just stars and stuff. Like, it's very boring to me. (laughs) The only space movie I like is Gravity. Oh. No, that doesn't take place in space. Moonfall? Where does it fall? To Earth. 
And then you what have happened? not seen Moonfall. You <laughs> just told on yourself. You have tried to tell me, oh, yeah, I've watched it. Everything <laughs> past the first 20 minutes is literally on a spaceship in space, Donnie. Um, I guess I only saw the first 20 minutes. Though. Where do you think the moon is falling from? Space. Okay, so besides Moonfall, the greatest space movie that's ever taken place, what's the one you like? Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Have you seen that? No. <gasps> it's so good because it's basically all those movies I like, like the shark movies or like when they're stuck on there. It's basically that because she goes out of the spaceship to fix something. Yeah. But then her cord breaks. So she's just oh, floating around in space. Oh, I think that would stress space. me out. It's so good. Oh my God, that would stress me out. You know what? I love disaster movies. You love like a personal disaster, like I'm stranded somewhere movies. I do, yeah. Yeah, that disturbs me. (laughs) I've never heard somebody being like anti-space. I've heard people be like, space freaks me out. It's too big. It's too cold. It's too vast. But you're just like, boring, boo, space. I hate it. I hate it so much. I went to the Air and Space Museum with Quinn and he is big into space. What museum did you think you were going? to <laughs> no i knew what we were going to this time but i wanted to go for the air part he wanted to go for space because i wanted to see amelia Earhart. but you can't show her if she's missing you really <laughs> are obsessed with that woman i am yeah crabs ate her what that's what really happened to her scientists think that she crashed on this island where these like big crabs can eat bones and that's why no one can find her because she crashed and then they ate everything wow did they eat her ship, too? I guess too? so, because it wasn't in the museum. <laughs> Who says we're not educational? Yeah, murder crabs. So even though Russell is greeted like a king by the aliens of X-10 and their fearless leader, the honorable Mr. Dental Floss, shit hits the <laughs> fan pretty quick. He dons a disguise, braves a sandstorm, and spends his first eight hours on planet X-10 combing fleas out of the armpit of a barbarian. Disgusting. But I want to talk about Russell being a little bitch because he was truly so rude this entire book and when they put him in blue face as a disguise Mm -hmm. aspirin the mom says you look very handsome russell and then russell says handsome i look grotesque and almost exactly like a zarabian (laughs) fuck you yeah (laughs) she's trying to compliment him and like calm him down and he's like shut up you ugly (laughs) thuggo So inspired by old westerns, Russell tells his army they will strike at dawn when the enemy is still half asleep. Here's the plan. Captain Spotless will power wash the disgusting barbarians. Ladybug will murder the fleas. The sticky elves will tape them up. And Chauncey will rip their throats out. I mean, this plan really escalated quickly. (laughs) It did, but it's not a bad plan. No, I mean, I think... Given the tools he has, he's making the most of it. Yeah, like Wonder Woman could have just punched them all with one fist and been done. But if you only have a dog and three scotch tape elves, what are we going to do here? So in a surprise to no one, this plan sucks and the commercial (laughs) characters crumble quickly. Captain Spotless gets a boo-boo on his finger. Ladybug tries to fuck one of the barbarians. (laughs) That's really not addressed or fleshed out fully. (laughs) The elves tape themselves to Russell's dick for protection. And Chauncey bites Russell, who is starting to realize that watching TV was a giant waste of time. And like, yes and no, Russell. Watching TV... Didn't help you in this scenario, but I don't say it's a waste of time. It lets you escape the mental anguish of living with your parents who are trying to push their careers onto you. Maybe having faith in a slutty ladybug, maybe that's a waste of time. Donnie's takeaway from this book will not be what was intended. He will leave this book saying, I will watch TV and you will not shame me for it. (laughs) (laughs) Russell does agree with you, though, because he remembers the Twinkle Toes foot commercial. In the ad, a pirate steals a shipload of foot massagers bound for 15th century Spain. And it turns out Columbus never set out to discover the new world. He was just searching for his Twinkle Toes foot massager. And a natural conclusion, let's get from point A to point B. What is the barbarian equivalent of a Twinkle Toes foot massager? The flashies. So Russell decides to stop relying on his flock of flashy fuck-ups and start believing in number one himself. That was really good alliteration. Thank you. I was proud of that one. Glad you noticed. Can't read for shit. Poor Patreon. I'm like stumbling through this one, but I got a couple F's in there. 
So he braves another sandstorm, bazookas a few barbarians, and after he directs all the power in the city to the Honorable Mr. Dentalfloss's home, they discover that their fearless leader isn't being held captive by barbarians after all. It turns out he's the big baddie in this tale, and he let the barbarians invade his planet in exchange for the royal treatment and unlimited snack foods. Maybe it's because I'm 37 years old, but I knew. I could tell he was the bad guy as soon as we landed. Landed on X10. You could. You couldn't? Well, the whole time they kept talking about this other planet, X6, who keeps lending mm. him all this technology and has like made a treaty with the barbarians. And I thought that they were going to be behind something. But it turns out, no, like huh. Dental Floss is always the secret bad guy. I know. It makes my gums bleed. <laughs> So Russell zaps the big fat traitor Dental Floss and the commercial characters back into the TV and uses the planet's projection system to reflect the flashies away from the planet and into space. And then when the barbarians realize that they can take their spaceships and watch giant moon-sized flashies, they're like, cool, peace out, it works. Russell is a bitch, but you know what? When you're good at something, you're allowed to be. Because he is smart. No, this is where he pisses me off. Russell? Yes. I was like, good for you, Russell. You <laughs> did the thing. You relied on number one. You learned that TV is a waste of time, but you're still going to watch. Like, great. What a great character arc. But this motherfucker. Since the aliens of X-10 will never again be able to enjoy their flashies without the threat of the barbarians <laughs> returning, Russell gives them other items to entertain themselves. And here's the list of items that he gives to these poor mm. aliens who have just lost the only thing that has ever brought them joy commercials. He brings them a rubber ball, a skateboard, mm-hmm. a kazoo, a tambourine, a box of crayons, a package of construction paper, and three books – 101 playground games, 101 silly jokes, and 101 stories from around the world. This would (laughs) not be my intro to fun goodie bag I would bestow on a population. Like, no porn, no music, a fucking kazoo. Well, here's the thing about porn, because I thought about porn as well, but these aliens don't look like humans. So imagine if you were gifted porn, but it was aliens. But they're obsessed with humans. If they think that commercials are amazing, wait until they see That's true. Doggy style. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. So you wouldn't bring porn because you think that would freak them out. What would be in your goodie bag of like, here's how to have fun without screen time? Okay. Weed gummies for sure. Okay. Then, now we're not going to agree on what we bring, Chelsea, and that's okay. Because okay. I would bring crayons and coloring books. I would also bring 13 Dead End Drive. Mm-hmm. I would also bring wigs. I would bring wigs. And then probably a karaoke mic. That's a good list. Thank I think you. we have to remember that there's no entertainment on this planet. Right. I just think it's really mean to give them like... A tambourine, you know, like not (laughs) even a pack of playing cards. You can play so many games with a pack of playing cards. I hate cards. What? I hate playing (gasps) cards. I think it is so boring. Well, that's how Russell, an ordinary Earth kid, drove the (laughs) Prax Boxen invaders from Zara Bubble 10. And he didn't do it with the so-called superpowers of Captain Spotless and his cartoon cohorts. No. He did it with brain power. Mm. He sure did, didn't he? So who would you cast in a movie version of this book? Mine is really good. (laughs) I didn't cast the kids because I want, you know, a kid that we don't know. As Captain Sponge or whatever his name is, I casted Ryan Reynolds. As Ladybug, I casted Octavia Spencer. Okay. As the mom and dad alien, I casted Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry. Feral. Will <laughs> Feral. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? You didn't. No, that's his name. I'm going to kill you. Okay. And then as Chauncey the dog, he's voiced by Tracy Morgan. Okay. I cannot beat that. <laughs> you can try. Okay. I'm not even going to say my other ones because they're just really bad. I did have the idea, and now I'm just fully bringing people back from the dead. You know how in the Tim Burton Willy Wonka, they made all of the Oompa Loompas like the same guy? Oh, yeah. So I would want to see all of the X-10 aliens played by Robin Williams, but like different (gasps) versions where they're all him, and he's doing different voices, and he's doing the burping and stuff, but like they're all him just in different like wigs and costumes and stuff. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's really good. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. 
So final, final thoughts. What aged well and what aged like borders? Maybe I was just paying attention more than I normally do with movies or books. Or maybe these things were just the most obvious that we've had. This is the longest list I've had for either of these topics. Okay. So for aged like borders. I have slavery as a plot line in a kid's book that's not historical is a choice. Like if this was a book about, you know, real slavery, I know those books are important, but to just put in a fiction book, (laughs) I said, oh. And put on par with like our lives are in shambles because we can't watch commercials and also (laughs) we're slaves. Like that's the level (laughs) of despair equally that we're facing across Uh the board. Yeah. Yeah. So that caught my attention. Also something that caught my attention was Russell getting his plan of attack from Westerns Mm -hmm. and from what the Indians did. Mm -hmm. For those of you not watching, I did quote what the Indians did because that is the term um, he used. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are like problematic things where my ears pinged. But the biggest like plot thing is I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a commercial. Like it's just not really something you have to do anymore. So the importance of commercials to this book, I don't think this book could be made anymore. I had to explain to my girls what a commercial was this (laughs) summer. It was so funny because I realized we only do streaming services. So we were at a beach house with my family and they had cable. And so they were watching whatever, like Umizoomi or (laughs) Gabby's Dollhouse or whatever. And a commercial came on and they lost their shit. They were like, turn it back on. Like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, (laughs) this is a commercial. This happens in between the show. And then I saw in real time like how fucked up commercials really are because then anything they saw they were talking about wanting that entire weekend (gasps) they were like oh like Uh. that barbie dream house or oh remember that dinosaur thing we saw and they were talking about it but then i think it was like a double whammy because they had never seen commercials they hadn't normalized it yet so it was like their first experience of like here kids don't you want this and they were like those people in josie and the pussycat dolls like we need Gabby's dollhouse. (laughs) Okay, you're not allowed to correct me on Will Ferrell's last name anymore because you always say Josie and the Pussycat Dolls and that is not what it is. (laughs) Well, I just get going and my mouth doesn't stop. (laughs) I know. Um, Also, in terms of what aged well. Wait, before you do what aged well, uh, that was an extensive list you did read. Yeah, for someone that skims over things, I certainly pick up on a lot. I think the (laughs) only other thing I would add that ages like borders onto your list was Christopher Columbus being an inspiration. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like, oh, just like Christopher Columbus, let's give the barbarians smallpox. (laughs) I think by the time I got to Christopher Columbus, I was like, okay. (laughs) I felt like I walked across X-10 in the sand and attacked by fleas by the time I got to that I'm impressed because when you told me you were going to finish this book after the Jonas Brothers concert, and again, I saw what you were posting at that concert. I was like, oh, there's (laughs) no way he's even going to know the second half of this book. And you did. So good job. Here's the thing about what I posted at the Jonas Brothers concert. That's just always how I feel in the world I just alcohol lets me express it Mm -hmm. so like for you to think of me as a normal human being and like oh my god he must be so drunk that he said that no those things are always on the tip of my tongue I just need like one drink to push me over the edge well I think it isn't so much about me thinking you're a normal person because let's be (laughs) clear I absolutely the fuck do not right well of course but I wasn't surprised at your comments or your tweets it was more so like those are usually group chat activities like Mm. we would be getting those pictures and those comments in the group (laughs) chat but this time you chose to just publicly let the world know that you were just jonesing for jonas (laughs) you're right because well no i think there was just something wrong with me yesterday because yeah yesterday well no i mean in terms of letting the world know because yesterday sober when the uber driver picked me up to take me to my mom's house i tweeted tweeted this my uber driver is so hot and he keeps rubbing his thighs and i don't know if he just has an itch or if he wants me to give him permission to touch himself (laughs) and then i took a picture of him driving i didn't post that publicly though so what aged well about this book i am 
<laughs> Rad. Okay, anyway. I can't wait for that clip to be pulled when you get on Big Brother, when we both get canceled <laughs> because you're on Big Brother. Why would I get canceled for that? That poor Uber driver was just trying to make a living, and he's got you in the backseat. No, Chelsea. The way he rubbed his thigh repeatedly, I know normal human behavior, and this wasn't it. <laughs> Something was happening. Now, I would have been canceled if I asked him. Like, if I would have said, oh, you can whip it out. That's fine. Then I would have been canceled. But (laughs) I think thinking about it is natural. Tweeting about it is not. (laughs) I didn't include the picture of him, I took. Okay. You have your own personal morals and boundaries. Here's what I have to say about getting canceled. (laughs) I think if you truly, in your gut, believe there's nothing wrong with it, then you can behave that way. Whereas I think there are people that do bad things and they know it's wrong and they're canceled for that. And you should be because you're doing something bad. Whereas I just took a picture of a hot Uber driver and I don't think anything's wrong with that. Um... I would like to go on the record and say I do not co-sign that idea. I believe in listening, learning, growing. (laughs) (laughs) You basically just Uh, said if you're ignorant and you believe that what you're saying (laughs) is right, then you're fine. Have you ever done something that you know is wrong and you do it anyway? Yes. Then you should be canceled for it. But then there are times when I do something wrong like this, taking a picture of my Uber driver is wrong, I guess. And then I'm told about it, but I don't think it is. Well, here, okay, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you in the center of the train tracks from my (laughs) bad side of town or whatever you said last time. First of all, let's just be clear. Being canceled isn't a thing. Cancel culture isn't a thing. Nobody's ever truly canceled. Ashton Kutcher will be doing movies in three years. Drew Barrymore has already decided to drew the right thing and people have moved on. (laughs) Stassi Schroeder Mm -hmm. wrote a best-selling book about being canceled and got money from it. So, like, being canceled is not a thing. I will say... I agree with the first half of your sentiment that I think that if you say something or do something and you don't realize it's wrong and it's pointed out to you, I don't think you should be canceled because I think that we are quick to just cut people off without giving them the opportunity to do better. I think in this situation, though, I don't know if you're going to stop taking pictures of your Uber drivers. (laughs) I don't think we've had this conversation and you're like, you know what? Let me reflect on my actions. I shouldn't have taken a picture of that guy. He was just trying to drive me somewhere. (laughs) I think you're going to do it again. I might. But here's the thing. I do know not to post it publicly. Mm -hmm. And there are people that don't know that. But if you didn't know you shouldn't, then it would have been fine. (laughs) Is what you're saying. No, there's learning that has to be done, too. I'm just not sure where I stand on that. (laughs) I love that we have been recording for two hours now. So if you are on the main feed and you have ever thought, hey, maybe I'll check out the Patreon. This would be a good week to do it because we are on hour two of recording this episode. 50 (laughs) minutes will make it to the main feed. And imagine if this is the stuff that makes it to the main show, what is it behind the paywall? Mm. What are the things that I have to listen back on as the editor and say, "Mm -mm, not going to see the light of day. So patreon.com slash I am the cute one. What aged well about this book, Donnie? So I will say the moral of... Less screen time. Mm -hmm. I think the book was ahead of its time for that. And also, the book was ahead of its time because the way they brought the flashy characters to Earth is a 3D printer. Oh, yeah. Ahead Ahead of of its its time. time. I also think one thing that aged well was when the X10 aliens kind of realized, like, oh, real life sucks. Mm. You know, that tracks. (laughs) You're like, man, it's not like commercials. This is (laughs) annoying. I don't like this. Me neither, X10. Mm mm. With that, thank you for being here, cuties. We'll be back next week with more bullshit, and we will talk to you later. <laughs> Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. (laughs) 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.